three, two, one, and let's go. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Noble One Experience. Our special guest on the show tonight is Ethan Garvey. So, Ethan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> no, my name's Ethan. Yeah. Can we start over? <laughs> no, we're not starting over. We're keeping going. Oh my gosh, okay. so embarrassing. Oh, my name's so, Ethan Garvey. Can you ask me some questions? I can ask you some questions. Um, One of the things you want to do later on, or actually right now, is start an Amazon FBA business. Yeah. Uh, can you explain what that is? Basically, FBA means fulfilled by Amazon. And basically, the sellers use FBA to send their products to the warehouse of Amazon. And when people order their products, Amazon ships it for them. So you don't have to have some sort of big facility to ship all your products and it saves you a lot of money. And basically, Amazon takes about like 15% of your cut. And how you find a good product is usually they recommend you get a profit margin of anywhere from 30 to 50%, even up to 65%. And I'm using a software called Amazow. And I'm using the free trial right now, so it's very slow. But every night for about an hour or two, I'm searching for products. And I'm looking for a majority of a couple factors that indicate whether there's enough competition or not enough for me to enter into the product. Like, how do you know if there's enough competition or not? Um, usually, we're looking anywhere from 3 to 21 competitors. And the nice thing about the software, it's going to tell you. There may be 60,000 people selling it. But there might only be 20 main competitors. And the reason why they want it low is because if it's any too high, it's going to be a lot harder for you to compete in that kind of field. So, like, what are your goals with this business? First year, I want to try to make 100 k in sales and have around a 45 to 50% profit margin. So that would be making around 45 to 50 k in the first year. Now, I've actually found a product that matches all my criteria and is a Trump face mask. Trump? Like, what's the Trump face, like the... It's just a face mask with any sort of Trump, you know, uh, logos on it. The problem is, I can't find anything on a supplier that sells Trump face masks. There's only one, and like, I don't know where they're sourcing them from, so I might have to get it custom made. The thing about face masks, if you're, if you're buying more than like a thousand, you can get them for like 40 cents a piece. Do you think face masks will still be like viable in a few years though? Um, I honestly don't think they will, but the thing about the fear factor, I feel like people are still going to be buying them in the next year. So I'm looking at it as how could I sell this product for a year and how well would it do? And I think it would do pretty well because the highest seller in the Trump face masks niche, you would say is like 20 K and that niche, I think it only started like three months ago. So that's pretty good for a start right there. But I understand how you're saying, do you think with last night perfectly agree with what you're saying? Yeah. Do you... Have you ever thought about, like, just why is it just Trump face masks? Like, what led you on that? Um, so what I did is you can actually put a different amount of, like, there's a, just a ton of different criterias that you can put into a maze out and it will find the products for you. Thing is, that costs 20 bucks a month. So what I have to do, I can't use that. <laughs> so I have to type everything myself. I just search products. Just keep searching different keywords. How many products have you, like, searched at one point? It's... It's, I've been over, it's like over 150 now. <laughs> I probably search like five products a day. How long does that take? Cause didn't you say it was really slow? Oh yeah. Okay. So originally I was using a fast trial. It would take like, like three to four minutes. Now it takes like seven or eight minutes. So you finally, you take like maybe like 10 minutes to find the product. And what it'll tell me is how much it's making. If this is a high potential or low potential, I save the product. Then I move it over to 
what you would call your tracked products. And then it starts doing the research. So it'll take like eight minutes and it's just, I'm doing it at like 12, one o'clock at night. So I have no patience. <laughs> it's just horrible. And what will end up happening is I'll research this product just for eight minutes later. It comes out that there's not a single criteria in meats. And the thing is, cause I'm not paying a subscription. I can't have it tell me be- beforehand. So have you ever thought about just biting the bullet and paying the subscription? I think I'm going to pay a subscription like two months before I plan to start buying from the supplier. So yeah, I'll definitely going to get a subscription. I'm not going to use the free one the entire time. This is just because I'm planning on probably launching the product around October so I can get the sales like before Christmas. Because once you get a lot of sales around Christmas, it's going to boost you to the first page. And then that listing is going to be pretty much permanent from there, depending on how many competitors there are, obviously. Very interesting. So I know when you... Because originally you wanted to do, or maybe not originally, but a while back you wanted to do real estate. That was your dream goal to forward yourself on life. So what, you, what caused that switch? If you obviously know me, I get obsessed with something for three to six months and then just throw it away. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, obviously I really wanted to do it. And the problem with Illinois is that it's so confusing. You have to be 21 to have a real estate license, or you can be anywhere from 18 to 21 but you need all these different certain requirements, like a couple semesters of college, which I am i don't really want to go to college for some reason just to get a real estate license. It obviously doesn't seem worth it. But I'm still really interested in real estate by obviously buying it and renting it out or fixing it. But then um, that book you gave me, The Art of the Deal, that really inspired me to be what's better than being a real estate agent as a real estate developer. Developer, yeah. Because you're obviously, you're going to make tenfold like if you're buying or building casinos and hotels. I mean, it's just like Minecraft, right? It really is. The thing that just sucks is that I suck at architecture. <laughs> so I don't have any creative design over things. Yeah, whenever you play Minecraft, you always make a, a wood or a dirt house. See, the, the great thing about Minecraft, though, is that I learned that instead of like taking five minutes to build something crappy and hating it, you just go on YouTube and look up something cool and, you know, try and build it. <laughs> is that what you want to do with real estate development? Well, Look up a YouTube tutorial. No, obviously, you can pay an architecture to do it. No, uh, you can pay a what? An architecture. <laughs> Architect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had an eight-hour shift of work, so I'm... Where do you pretty, work at? I'm working at a prestigious grocery store right now called Kroger. Really? The locals like to call it Kroger's, even though there's no S in that name, and every time... Yeah, I just noticed that. that. Why does everyone call it Kroger's? I don't know. Even I call it, and I know it's wrong. Um, it's an interesting story how I got with Kroger. So I decided I want to get a job and I want to really, <laughs> my dad recommends signing up with the Kroger. So I start an application for Carbondale. I don't get any response. Sign up one with Heron. I don't get a response. Your dad works close by there and he ends up getting you a job almost immediately. Yeah. For some reason or another... It didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, so decided to my, leave after my job at Kroger day. didn't work out. I think just me and Kroger, our uh, our goals just weren't aligned, and to pursue our dreams, we had to take a. You just we had you to just separate. In order to make money at Kroger, you had to work there. It was it was grueling work for you nine dollars. Like three hours. <laughs> I was there. I worked six hours actually. It was actually five hours, but in the Heron Kroger, they make you do slave labor as compared to the Marion Kroger, oh, where it you seems like explain. apparently like what I was doing yesterday was only a fraction of what I'm actually supposed to do. So 
Interesting thing today when I come to work. Um, they gave me a sticky note with my schedule, and... Did you lose it? No, I didn't lose it. I just, apparently I misread it, because I come into work at 11 today, I'm like, let's go, boys, and, um, the woman, the HR lady, she looks at me, she goes, Ethan, you're two hours early to work, (laughs) and I go, okay, (laughs) and out of, like, nowhere, apparently someone just didn't show up to their shift, so apparently it worked perfectly, so I got to work, I worked from, like, 11 to 6, and, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I, What'd you do? I bagged groceries for like, first I bagged groceries for like four hours. They gave me a lunch break, but I wasn't, I only planned on being there for four hours, so I didn't bring a lunch. So I ended up going to the Starbucks, and apparently the Starbucks <laughs> at Kroger isn't like a normal Starbucks, so it has nothing. So I got like a cold sausage biscuit <laughs> and ate it in the break room. The interesting thing, whenever I'm in the break room, everyone there is either 80 years old or, like, some, like, age that I just cannot relate with. I come in there, they're watching Gunsmoke. Which you know what What's that's? Gunsmoke? Gunsmoke is basically the longest live-action TV series. It went from, like, 1957 to, like, the late... I think it was late 70s or 80s. And this one guy working there decided just to tell me about Gunsmoke for my entire break. <laughs> and then we go back to our, the, our... Our break is over, and we head back to the bagging area. And... This guy starts talking to the lady who's getting her groceries, and he starts saying, you're this character from Gunsmoke, and you're this character from Gunsmoke. All of us are like, what are you talking about? What? How, wait, how old was this guy? Okay, the weird thing about my croaker, everyone looks younger than they actually are. Like, I mistaked my supervisor for a kid that goes to our school. Remember Scott? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my supervisor's name is Tiny Tim. And apparently it's because he looks like a 12-year-old. And I go up to him like, didn't you used to go to my school? He goes, dude, I'm in my 30s. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've messed up so much today. Like the other day, I had to do security questions for my Kroger password and asked me, I thought it said, what country do you live in? But apparently it said, what county do you live in? So my HR supervisor behind me, I go, United States. I go, what kind of stupid question is that? And she goes behind me and she goes, Ethan, you're telling me you, your county is the United States? I go, oh, dang. And then they proceed to ask me if I'm on food stamps or Snap. And I go, Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, even worse, yesterday, they say my shift's over. And I go, okay, but... I'm bagging for this one lady, and I didn't want to finish bagging, so I finished bagging for her. My supervisor across the aisle yells at me. She goes, Ethan, go home! <laughs> the next day, I have at least five or six employees that I don't even know go up to me and go, Hey, you're the new guy who doesn't want to leave Kroger. And it's weird because everyone's breaks are so like situated to where you'll never see anyone you work with. I don't know how they all told each other. They must be having secret meetings somewhere in the warehouse because I have no At Heron Kroger, they would always have secret meetings at the uh, smokehouse where they'd all go and vape um, or to skip work. Dude, don't spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing about Miriam is everyone is doing their jobs 100% of the time and there's not like a single person slacking. Like the HR supervisor took me to every station and everyone is constantly working, which just sucks because like... I'll try to talk to someone while I'm bagging groceries and they'll just 
they won't even respond to me. Like all the ladies who worked there, there was one lady who was the cashier. She said they she'd been there for seventy years. Seventy years. Yeah, seventy years. She didn't even look eighty. Cause keep in mind, everyone at this Kroger is either drinking baby blood or is in the fountain of youth, and they don't <laughs> age at all. But it made me kind of think. Like my main objective as I'm there is like, why aren't these people? not leaving and it reminds me in rich dad poor daddy talks about how people get so comfortable that they don't really want to escape their situation i don't know how you could get comfortable at kroger i don't know either because at heron kroger they shoot at you as you do your work oh my gosh i don't know why you get so mad about that it was it was rough did you have to take out anyone's uh, groceries uh yeah i had to take out two people's groceries one of them was an older lady and i take him to her car and as I'm putting the groceries in the car, she opens with the car. It smelled like someone had lit a thousand cigarettes in that car. Like, I was wearing a mask, and it still smelled terrible. And, um, another one was a lady who was on a scooter. And, uh, right as she gets off the scooter, she just leaves the scooter there by her, her vehicle. And I'm thinking, uh... Do you just ride it back into Kroger? Yeah, do I ride it back into Kroger? And I go, well... I don't know if they'll get mad at me because I was pretty far away from Kroger. So I tried to push the thing. That thing was unpushable because it had gears or something. So I rode it back to Kroger <laughs> and it was so slow because the thing was on like they had five bars of battery. It was on one. So as I'm going through just the main road that people go through uh, to pick up their vehicle. What am I saying? <laughs> to pick up groceries or anything. The vehicle just starts slowing down and stopping. And there's just a line of cars waiting to get through me and I'm going... <laughs> and he was giving me these looks and I, I roll into Kroger on the scooter and one of the ladies there is going what the H are you doing because <laughs> after I got off I wasn't wearing my mask it's about 30 minutes in I'm bagging groceries and I notice oh shoot I haven't been wearing my mask this entire time Uh-oh. and I turn around to see a supervisor just glaring at me <laughs> I think you're going to get fired Ethan dude I'm going to have to bribe them to get extra hours so I can fund my business. We've got completely off topic. We're just... It doesn't matter. No, we're telling Kroger stories. This is just about Kroger. This is the Kroger podcast. That's okay. When I was working at Kroger, I had to take... um During my long, extensive stay at Kroger, I had to take some uh, old woman's groceries out. And she's telling me about her life story. She goes... My last name is Grace, and I'm proud of my family. My family, we've been in this country for hundreds of years. And I'm like, that's really cool. Can you tell me more? Because, you know, I'm trying to be friendly and have conversation. She goes, let me tell you something. Thomas Jefferson is a liar. (laughs) My great-great-granduncle, he made a deal with them Indians, and... Thomas Jefferson came in and took all the credit. I'm like, geez, he sounds like a real loser. (laughs) But she talked about Thomas Jefferson like she knew him. Didn't you say you never saw her again? Uh, No, well... (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously. I think right as she drove out of the parking lot, the FBI confronted her and took her away, and they put her in the hole in the middle of the Pentagon where they kept Magneto. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, what are your five-year goals? We we really got off topic with the Kroger, but that's okay. Five-year goals? Okay, now that I'm comfortable, because at the beginning of this video, I couldn't keep my face straight. (laughs) Pull my pants up. Um, Okay, five years from now, I want to keep doubling my Amazon FBA sales. So, 100K or more. I want to go anywhere from 100K to 150K first year. 
Then I went to around, I'm going to launch a second product starting the next year, maybe around January or February. Because the weird thing is when you're getting to this, you're starting to see the world of, like, the, the weeks, like, um, or no, how am I, like, the calendar, like, a work week. Like, mm-hmm. when I, I think the year starts in August and ends in May, you know, kind of when you're on the school schedule. Mm-hmm. But when you're on business schedule or just any other schedule, it's, it's January to December. And so now I'm thinking as I start that year off, I'm going to launch a second product, maybe even two, depending on how much capital I have, and try to get the sales in the second year up to 300 k So I'd be profiting maybe 150000 which that'd be pretty good coming out of high school. Yeah, that would be insane. And then, um, I haven't talked about this yet, but I'd also fund my investments with it, which I use a value investing strategy, if we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. And, um... And I would keep building sales, so maybe like three or four years, I hit a million sales or more. And what I want to do is have a net worth from a million or a net worth of a million by at least twenty two or twenty three, which is possible not just from the sales, but by growing it through investments. Because I'm also planning on diversifying and doing in um like bonds, index funds, common stock stuff like that. And from there, once I have enough capital, I obviously I want to buy some real estate. And I particularly want to move to New York City, number one, just because like that's just the dream. And there's a lot of money to be made from developed land there. So I'd love, I would probably need at least two million or more to first buy the site. And that wouldn't be all in cash. That would be probably like 10% of the loan. Then a couple other million to first off build, which I would probably, a lot of people start with low income or middle income housing, but that doesn't seem, you know, to get the highest profit margin. So you'd almost want to like build it. It's just a couple million dollars. It's a lot harder to build the stuff DC Trump was building in his thirties. Yeah, like the stuff that he was because wasn't when did he build his first skyscraper? I um I read the book, but I'm trying to. He built, he built Trump Tower, which was sixty eight stories, and that was in, I think late seventies or early eighties. Yeah, eighty two, eighty three, or something. Or no, no, it was way before that. It was around eighty. That might have been his first skyscraper, but he had built. Some apartment buildings before that. Yeah, well. he built like a like big apartment like complexes, but not like yeah. the tall ones. And that's and that's why you have property managers. Because imagine he was talking about twelve hundred room apartment complexes. How would you get like all those people to pay rent back before it was even like digital? And you would literally have to get the money from pounding on the door. And how many property managers they would have just who would bang on these doors and just threaten these people just to get the rent? Oh my gosh. That's why, like, I want to go into real estate, too. I want to have properties. Although, I would want to start kind of, like, lower or just, like... Yeah, I'd definitely start lower with, uh, like, just making some passive income off, like, um, foreclosure. You know, yeah. Those. Because basically what Rich Dad talks about is, like, yeah, you're going to get some good deals with normal real estate, but foreclosure is just so cheap, and you can make so much money from just buying foreclosure properties, which foreclosure is basically... Someone couldn't pay the mortgage, and the bank ends up taking it, and like kind of like the government owns it. Mm-hmm. So, what do your parents think about um, your your business, or do they even know? Uh, they know about some stuff. I did tell them about the Amazon FBA thing, and when they heard me, they thought it was just an idea. They're like, "Cool, cool, that's cool," and they didn't seem. I didn't. They believed me, but at the same time, they didn't know how much I was like. They they assumed that I didn't know how to talk to a supplier, even though about the cost of inspection or just all these other things that pile up. So what I do with my dad is we sign up for Amazon Seller Central, which was literally a nightmare because 
There's Amazon Seller Central Professional, which is 40 bucks a month, and then the individual, which is free. The thing is, Amazon hides the individual account link. So if you were just to look at the Amazon site, you wouldn't think that it was there. So we think, well, it's going to give us the option at the end. So we click sign up. I create an email like, um, I think it was products by Garvey and <laughs> which is a cool name. <laughs> and we create the email. I sign in. We're about halfway doing this thing. And it goes, are you a privately owned business, an individual, a corporation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, I guess we're a privately owned business when you think about it. So I click that option. Oh, you're a privately owned business. What's your business number? We're like, Oh shoot, let's go back. We try to go back. You can't go back. <laughs> They've had this software or like this website for like since 2010 and they have not added a back button. It was ridiculous. So we go, let's just make our business number zero. And it worked. <laughs> and we get to the, the end of it and it goes, all right, now you just have to pay us $40. I'm like, is the individual account on there? And so we're like, we'll just sign out and then sign up for the individual account. Well, once you sign out and sign back in, it brings you back to there. So the, there was no way for me to like sign up for free using that email anymore. Like it was stuck there. So I had to create another email. <laughs> it was Garby products. So the second try, <laughs> I don't even know what we did the second try. We, um, we signed up somewhere else it, and we, oh no, we signed up the same place, but instead we say we're individual. So we don't have to ask about our business number. We get to the end. And it still tries to charge us 40 bucks. So we're like, let's back out. You can't back out. So we create a third email, <laughs> which is the one we're using now. Product by Garvey. <laughs> there's, there's no S. We almost put a Z. I put a Z to submit it to Gmail because I had to keep creating Gmails. And it said this was already used. So I'm like, someone was using that, but they weren't using normal products. So we create that one. I look up a tutorial on how to find it. We had to scroll down. We had to get on Firefox. Apparently it was only available on Firefox. I don't know why that makes sense. We what? go to Firefox and we find it. And then uh, after like, two hours, we got it to work. And then, and then I basically, back to where I was talking about with parents, I showed them my process of finding the products, which is a six-step product. First, you want to build a better product. And by doing that, you want to differentiate because if you sell the same thing everyone else is selling, you're not going to beat the competition and you end up going to burn out. Second, is, second step is to show a better product, which you do that through good subs, uh, descriptions <laughs> and really good pictures, which I'm like, oh, I can just have a friend take a picture. Well, it turns out you pay a photographer around 500 bucks for these pictures and apparently it's worth it. Um, build a better product. Uh, three, you turn on early reviewer program which is basically when you go on a seller central, when you first launch a product, you basically pay Amazon to review your product for you. So you can get a couple of reviews because the first couple of reviews you get in the first weeks is really important for when you first build your product up. And then step four is use coupon clippings. And what coupon clippings are is basically a lot of people don't realize on different Amazon items that they have a coupon, coupon clipping in like the right hand corner you can click on and you can get anywhere from like 5% to like 15% off the product. And the reason why people have coupon clippings is when your item isn't first like registered and it's not like, it's not like an official Amazon item. Like it's on Amazon. I'm trying to think of the word for it, but it's not, it's not licensed. Mm -hmm. So it's not technically, it's not the full private label it can be. 
So you want to try to make it look as official as possible. When you have a coupon clipping, it makes it look a lot official. And the nice thing is people will see it and they won't even use it. So you're not really going to even lose any money from it. Step five is introductory pricing, which is actually the most important. And I'm giving you the example before. Say the product you're looking in that you're going to start selling in is selling anywhere from $40 to $60. You're wanting to go start out around $37. And over time, is you don't just jack up the price immediately. You want to slowly build it up to the 57 range if you were going from 40 to 60. And there's different ranges from that. So... And then the last step is you want to get, let's enroll into Amazon Vine Voice, which Vine Voice is basically the biggest reviewers on Amazon. And if your product is that big, you can enroll. And once Vine does a review and you get a really good review, your product is looking crazy official and a Vine review is going to get you to the first page. And hmm. that's why if you're not on the first page, you're probably not making money. Would you like a water, Ethan? What? You want a water? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm super thirsty. Hold on. Watch this. I'm going to quickly run it, get a water, and be right back. This is such an official podcast. Joe, Ro- is- Joe Rogan does this all the time. They actually do this in Joe Rogan. Are you serious? They've done this in Joe Rogan. He had to go to the bathroom. Can During you- the Alex Jones podcast. Can you get me a water, too? <laughs> I can get you a water, too. So how is everyone's day? Good? Alright. Roar! Man, I'm gonna regret that. So we have the ability to cut out parts of the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> I was trying to talk to the audience. I was going, hey, how's your day, guys? <laughs> you can have the cold water. Nice that was the last. Piece of gum. What all did you say to the audience? You <laughs> just said, how's your day going? Aight. <laughs> I'd be such a good podcast host. <laughs> That's why I'm going to co-host. It's going to be called the Ethan, the Noble One, the Ethan One Podcast. <laughs> and as the more interviews we do, the more hosts, more co-hosts we get. It'll be Noble One, Ethan One, Jackson One, Colin One. It'll just keep continuing. Yeah, we could have. We've gotten a lot of uh, offers for um. We wanted. To, we had a few co-host offers, and we got a few guest offers on the show. Um. But, I don't know, it's a very exclusive show to get on. Yeah, sometimes I felt so exclusive that I wasn't able to show up yeah. to the first day. Both of our guests so far have, or, or uh, Ethan, our guest here, skipped the scheduled time. No, I literally asked my mom, and she said no, because the protests were going on. She wanted me to stay safe. The protests were like 50 people. Yeah, they were... Well, we didn't know that. 
We couldn't even find... They all went to Dairy Queen afterwards. All the protesters they did. They were like, that's it, boys. We stopped. We ended racism. Let's get a blizzard now. Let's go get a blizzard. And they didn't even go to McDonald's either. <laughs> <Are there? laughs> that's why uh, me and Jackson, we went to the McDonald's because it was totally uh, empty. But the Dairy Queen, it had wrapped away all... Like, the line was so long, it wrapped around, like, the Banterra Bank. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't know. Well, a well-deserved... Victory. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett is the uh, official sponsor of Black Lives Matter. So now Please, we know. Are you serious? No, I just said that oh. because they all went to Dairy Queen. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 God dang it, Warren. You uh, might as well. It's not like he's ever going to die. I know he's like so old. It's from all the child's blood. <laughs> I'm telling you, they might be on that adrenochrome. For those of you who don't know, adrenochrome's what they like. It's the, I guess it's like the stem cells. I, I don't know, I could be totally wrong on this, but I think it's the stem cells they take from fetuses. And apparently old people, like, or celebrities take it to give them eternal youth. What you just look around for? Just looking for a trash can, but I'm good. I'll keep chewing. There's a litter box over there. <laughs> just sit in that? Oh, this is nasty. Don't, don't spit in the litter box. I slipped on your rug. <laughs> don't spit in the litter box. Dude, the cat puts his butt in there. He's going to get gum stuck to him. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No. I'll... Crazy thing about your cat. I've been over here since like, what, the fourth grade? Mm-hmm. It's been like more than ten years. And I've probably, up until recently, I'd only seen your cat maybe like four times. I've only been in this room like maybe like five times. Yeah, this this room's been remodeled recently. It used to be a lot. It yeah, used to actually be a lot nicer, and then it got a lot worse. I remember going into it one time, and there was a giant nutcracker guy in the <laughs> corner. Your mom has so many Halloween decorations. Yeah, my mom loves like holidays and whatnot. It's like I heard she got a five thousand uh, dollar shark loan to pay for future Halloween decorations. I wouldn't be surprised. I I would not be surprised. Alright, what is have we what have we gotten two questions through? Uh we've gotten through three actually. <laughs> um earlier you mentioned something about value investing. Can you explain a little bit what value investing is? Value investing is basically when you're investing, it's what losers do. That's what God, they do. God, no, no. You look real, at the charts. Real investors, <laughs> real investors look at the chart, okay, and they see the line goes up or down, and then they go and they do calls or puts, and, and about they either make 50, 50 of percent of the time, they either win or lose. No, but seriously, value investing is the strategy of your investing in the company, and you care more about the monthly monthly or the yearly yearly due to over the day-to-day basis of the company. So how you would do that is you basically create a company report. You read their financial statements. And I look through about 30 numbers. I do my own financial statements when I'm looking through companies. And I can You getting on Snapchat right now? No, I'm getting on the numbers out on my phone. (laughs) Okay. And here's just, like, for one of my investments in Canadian Natural Resources, which right now I think I have a 55% return, and that's in, like, two months. That's not bad. Noble's like, it's not real. It's it's not trading. It's, it's not, not it's not real money. So one of the things I look at is price, number of shares, market value of the common stock, debt, market cap, book value, 
And with basically book value, book value is probably one of the most important parts of value investing. Because what book value is, is basically if you took the assets and the liabilities of the company, subtracted them, and then divided it by the number of its shares, you would get a number. <laughs> That's <laughs> you would get a number which there would be how much figuratively that stock price would be worth. Which I didn't explain that very well, but basically Canadian Natural Resources at the time when I was looking at it was selling at thirteen sixty. Its book value, however, was at twenty two twenty six. So technically it's undervalued. But the thing is a company can be under book valued but it still can be a bad company if it has bad earnings behind it. Because that's a lot of reasons companies are under book value. because of their poor earnings or maybe having a negative net. So I checked their sales for this company. It was something around $17 billion. I looked through five years ago of its per share earnings to 10 years ago to even last year. And it in continuously increases. Its five-year earning was about 20%, which is really consistent. It usually went over 8%. Its 10-year period was 142%. So I'm already seeing this company is growing, right? Its net sales, it's really caught me off guard, was 23%, which is just insane. Its dividend, which basically a dividend is a payment the company pays out to its shareholders every three months or every quarter. And it, at the time, was 13.5%. And the average dividend you get on a stock now is really low. It's anywhere from what, like... 1.5% to 2% on average. It's something really low. Yeah, it's low. really low. So seeing that and seeing how great of a company it was just showed how undervalued it was. And the reason its stock price was so low is during the coronavirus crash, it got anywhere, I think it got down to like $6 a share and it was continually building up and I saw an entry point at $13. I was investing in AMD at the time. Basically, the only reason I invested in AMD was because this is before I read anything on value investing. I'm like, it went up last year so it should go up this year, which it did make me some money. wasn't a lot, but it was really volatile and it was it wasn't fun owning. So I buy this company. I buy fifteen shares because I don't have a lot of money, and so my account starts out with like two hundred bucks. Over the next I think two months, my account grows from two hundred dollars to three hundred and twelve dollars. So it's about a fifty-six percent return. And I honestly could see this company, it's, it's going to go over book value to maybe about 120% to 130 So the price is at $20.50. I could see it going anywhere from $26 to $28, even returning to its normal price in a couple months. And the reason why I wasn't worried about investing in it when it was so low is that its dividend was so high that it provided me with a margin of safety. What's the margin of safety is, is if this lost money, I know that the dividend would get would back, would yeah. help me break even. So that was basically it with that. And I'm going to use that same sort of strategy for the rest of my life when investing in things. See, the strategy I like to use, um, I like to day trade, okay? It's a little riskier, you know. What Ethan's strategy is selling is like, you know, comfort and safety. Day traders traders are like, you know, cowboys. We're like soldiers at D-Day. If cowboys every day would either gain half the cattle or lose half the cattle on a daily basis. See, I mean, double or nothing. I, um, I know this, I'm in this trading group chat and I know this one guy who went from $6,000 to $0.00. 
in the span of like a month through day trading. Half the people in this group chat are also considered terrorists in many countries. So that <laughs> may be something to consider. I, I don't think. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> That's another group chat. Another group chat. When you're on Instagram, you run a meme page. You you encounter a lot of different. Um, I know what that's like. Zany running, figures. Running Pizza Parker. My, it was Ethan, my... can you explain what a Pizza, Pizza Parker, Parker was is? Something very ingenious that me and Jackson came up with. It was a Spider-Man meme page, which at the time was, was pretty hot at the time, like very popular. In I think the course of a couple months, I grew from zero followers to six thousand something, and then I ended up. I just didn't think any of the posts I were making were funny anymore. And I started realizing none of this is funny. And I left. And why I say me is because Jackson, obviously, as you heard from the last podcast, he started focusing more on drumming. And a lot of his posts he would make were obviously when you make a a really awesome meme, (laughs) you use like black text and you put a quote from Spider-Man. Well, Jackson would use yellow text in these horribly cropped images to where you couldn't read what it was saying. So finally, I'm like, enough is enough. He's going to ruin my reputation. <laughs> so I literally tell Jackson, I go, Jackson, I'm changing the password. He goes, <laughs> good one. No, you aren't. Two weeks later, he gets kicked off. He's like, what the heck? Man? <laughs> and at the end of the day, it all worked out. Jackson's got like 10, almost 10K on Instagram and, and 10K on... Uh, TikTok, TikTok, and that wouldn't have happened if I didn't kick him out. So, I honestly, I'm, I'm the reason behind Jackson's success. <laughs> Speaking of success, um, we're in a lot of group chats together, and I know some of our friends do not believe in your business at all. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Basically, a lot of times I just say stuff and don't back it up. So when I actually say something that I, like legitimately working and believing in they're not gonna believe it anyway and that and that kind of makes sense i understand if people when i say something like i'm going to build a business they're like no you're not because i say a bunch of other stuff and i don't follow through (laughs) but the reason i'm following through with this is because i've already basically what i'm using seriously i have a notebook where i put a lot of my goals like a journal it's like a diary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I take a lot of notes like on my Amazon course I'm taking or I take notes on other books I'm reading. And in those goals, I have just a bunch of daily goals. And one of those is obviously doing Amazon. So for the past three months, I've spent at least two hours a day every night researching, watching videos, like learning everything I can about Amazon. And that's what makes me less nervous when I start selling. Because most average seller is they think, hey, all I have to do find a product that everyone's selling and sell it too. That might have worked like seven years ago when there wasn't enough competition, but it doesn't work now. So that's how I feel really good about when I'm jumping in because I'm going to spend, I'm spending months on it and I'm learning everything and I know exactly what I'm doing. All right. All right. Um, you, uh, you have two brothers. What are they doing? Uh, Grant is, he's working at, he's working at John A right now. Yeah! <laughs> At least he has a job, Noble. Stuck in the 9 to 5. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes escape the 9 to 5, you gotta break in. You know, I saw a post, uh, do you know Trevor Wallace? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Wallace made a Long video <laughs> about people with entrepreneur and their bios, and sometimes I think it's kind of true. He said, uh, entrepreneur is just a fancy word for unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> 
is. Like, I hate saying the word entrepreneur because it just makes you sound like a loser. Because when we were in middle school or even junior high, if you were an entrepreneur, basically you were just too lazy to get a job. Which, now when you work a job, I understand why people hate their jobs. Like, I'm not going to quit my job, obviously, until I'm going to start making income on Amazon. But just bagging groceries eight hours a day, it's not hard, but it's just so boring. And, yeah. like, it's one of those... I understand how people, when they come home from their eight-hour work job, that they don't want to exercise or they don't want to work on their goals or their goals start slipping away. Because even after I finished my shift today, I'm like, oh, that took forever. My legs ache. And I'm thinking... Shouldn't I just go to bed and wake and go to bed tonight and not even work on any of that stuff? But something in me was going, Ethan, Ethan has the entrepreneur spirit. <laughs> but I can I'm really good at forcing myself to do stuff that I don't like. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, because well, you made a face when you said that. Well, okay, an example is like in eighth grade, seventh grade, Ethan. I was a, I was a, what is it, a food connoisseur. <laughs> and I, my, my weight, my height was not growing, but my weight was growing faster. And I think around the end of seventh grade, I got, I think it was around like 175 pounds. And I always knew I was a little bit chunkier because my brothers and my friends would always have to remind me. <laughs> but finally, I'm like standing in the mirror, like in my underwear or pants. I don't remember what I was wearing, but I'm looking at my big belly. And I'm sitting next to Austin, which Austin, if you don't know, he's he's kind of in shape, I guess. But I for the viewers like, that don't know, Austin is built like a Greek god. Um, where do you think he gets it from? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm looking in the mirror, and I ask Austin, I'm like, Austin, am I fat? And he goes, in his dark voice, want the honest answer? And I go, no. <laughs> and I leave, and finally, I'm at a Cardinals game with my grandparents. I go, that's it. I'm going to get in shape. And how this leads back to how I like how I can make myself do hard things. I ran on average, it was anywhere from five to seven miles, five to six days a week for about a year. And I lost, I, was, I say 50 pounds, but it was around 46. And it was really fun. Like it was addicting. I got to a point, I went from like 170 something to 127 or 125. And I just couldn't lose any more weight. And I'm pretty sure I didn't know anything about calories. I would just eat, like, nothing. But it was healthy stuff. The stuff I was eating was healthy. And I remember I didn't really know how, like, like servings worked. And I would bring 25 huge carrots to lunch. And it would take me 20 minutes to eat them. Because I thought that's what my brothers were doing. That was what was healthy. And finally I learned that you don't need to overload on that stuff. But I... Every day after school... I would get on the bus and I'd just be miserable because I know I'd have to run for like 40 minutes and I was going to hate it. But I would do it anyway. And at the end, it just kind of taught me that I could just make myself do things that I don't want to do. And that's like working eight hours a day or going to school or, you know, getting the homework answers or something. <laughs> just, it, it taught me how to do crap that I don't want to do. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty inspiring. You look so inspired, too. <laughs> if you guys can hear his face right now. <laughs> I don't know what an inspired face should look like. <laughs> should I just go, whoa? Do you have any examples? Let me start interviewing you. Do you have any examples when you made yourself do something hard? Um, well, let's see. 
one in the first episode of this podcast. You had to interview Jack. <laughs> 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 That's not where I was going with it, but <laughs> it was it was a little difficult. I'm sorry, Jackson, if you're viewing this. Um, well, actually, the cat pooped all over the floor. And I had to clean it, and I didn't want to clean it up. I wanted to just close the you door. Just get the vacuum, bro. <laughs> no. No. I had to clean up the cat poop. This was actually, I made the podcast after my uh, first day at work at Kroger, because I said, I've got to be doing something other than this that is going to be that, beneficial that was, for that me. That was the exact opposite with me. First day of work, I decided to never make a podcast <laughs> because I just love bagging groceries so much. <laughs> <laughs> but the secret to getting more hours of work is to accidentally show up two hours early. What happened to the guy that missed his shift? Did you, like, slash his brakes or something? <laughs> How'd you know? No, they just said he was, like, sick or something. He was probably like Planet of the Apes, and he got infected with whatever that thing was. <laughs> why? Why did you not get that reference? I've never seen any of the Planet of the Apes movies. Okay. Apparently the first Planet of the Apes is good. It's the one from like 1960-something. It's really weird. One of the apes say, we are apes. Oh, apes together. Strong. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I was about to say some person would say that, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. No, I know about. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but um, I guess we're going to talk about Planet of the Apes movies. The Planet of the Apes trilogy, half of it's directed by Matt Reeves, the other half is some random guy. Matt Reeves is doing a new Batman movie with uh, what uh, Patterson, yeah, Robert Patterson. Patterson. It's really good. First one is James Franco, and it's basically just a story of how he works at this place that is um trying to find cures for different cancers and other things and they find the cure to alzheimer's through these apes and then it turns out i want to say the i don't remember it very well i saw these a couple months ago the formula doesn't work or something he ends up they have to kill all the apes and so they're injecting all the stuff into the apes and finally one of the worker goes i've killed apes all day and i don't want to kill this thing you kill it or you keep it and he ends up keeping this ape, and it turns out the ape who had the drug becomes really smart, and then he ends up, like, going crazy and takes all his ape friends, and, and then they, they go to the woods. That was the end of the movie. <laughs> Second one, they burn the woods for a long time, and then some humans come over, and they get mad at the humans, and then they go to fight the humans, but it turns out that one of the apes, like... He, like, convinces, like, the apes the humans are bad when the humans want to be friends with the apes. And then they all die or something, and that was all the end the of the movie. Wait. No, like, they just get in a big fight, and that was the end of the movie. And then the third one, it's really sad and stuff. There's, like, not, like, like all the humans are gone. And then they have to fight this one army, which is the guy from Cheers. What's his name? Never seen Cheers before. That's a, such a classic sitcom. <laughs> I don't watch sitcoms. I know it's like The Office. The Office. My Office personality. Is a sitcom. It's not a sitcom. It's a mockumentary. What? It's a mock documentary. Oh my gosh. No, but uh, maybe instead of watching The Big Bang Theory, Noble, you should. Watch I never the watched The Big Bang sitcom. Theory. I remember your mom was like, "The Big Bang Theory is just so stinking funny." <laughs> She's gonna come in here upset because you're making fun of the. Did Big you Bang make Theory. fun of the? Uh, the Flash on CW, the oh greatest my, that's show That's what ever they're watching made. right now. The um, episode with Gorilla City. That was a. They're like watching the new season. Right? Season fourteen. 
They just keep making stuff. I don't know how. I don't, I don't think they, they don't care if it loses money or not, if people are watching them. They just have some obligation that I they have. I think there's people that watch it. Like, no, there's. Making money. Those crappy shows have the biggest fan bases. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tries to get canceled every year, and it has such a big fan base. They tell them, they tell them otherwise, and you're like, why? It's like, just let it die. It's, yeah. like, it's like a dog with, like, cancer and Agents broken legs. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had, like, one good season, and then the rest of them were just terrible. And I bet if I watched the first season again, I wouldn't even like it. No. Because just... that show came, started in, like, 2000, like, it started right after the Avengers, and I was, like, like, nine or something, so I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And that was even before all the Netflix Marvel shows came out that were actually good. Like, Daredevil or, uh... Yeah, Daredevil was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what was the one? Cage? Luke Cage, yeah. I don't think that one was very good. I watched that. It just... Apparently it was better than um, Iron Fist. Apparently Iron Fist was... Uh, yeah, Iron Fist was not very good either. Uh, apparently Jessica Jones was cool because she was just edgy teenage girl was like, ask me if I care. And then they made like three seasons with that. Or the, you know they made a Defender show. Yeah, I always forget that show happened because didn't they kill Daredevil at the end just to give him a season three? And then they had the Punisher. That's a show I forgot happened. Like, I, like a, a lot of people really like the Punisher, though. Yeah, I think probably better than those Punisher movies that came out. Yeah. What was uh, the actor from the Punisher? I'm trying to think. He was in another. I, I saw him in something recently. I think he might. He's in Sicario. Yeah, S- 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 or is it called Sicario or Sicario? It's called. It's. It might be Sicario or Sicario. I thought the movie. I watched it on TV, so maybe it was cleaned out a bit. It was still, like, an R rating. But it was... The ending... I probably don't want to spoil it, because that's the whole point of the movie. But, like, the ending was like, okay, this was a movie. You know what I'm talking about? You remember the ending? I've never seen... I don't watch movies and sitcoms. And I haven't I since I started the work life and other things. I haven't... I used to you watch, watch, like, a... two movies a day. Now I... I don't even watch, like, one anymore. Like, Are you like, sure? Because whenever we ask you to get on Xbox, you always say, after I watch this Lord of the Rings with my mom, I'm like, I haven't you seen that? I didn't finish it. I was, like, the movie's so good, but it, at the same time, there's so many boring scenes. <laughs> I ended up finishing it the next day, but, oh, I love movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything else you want to talk about? Sure. Well, I'm asking you the question. <laughs> Why don't I ask you some questions? All right, ask me some questions. Let me think. So, what is your book reading strategy? I grab the book, and I open it up, and I look at the words. <laughs> and whenever I finish reading all the words on the page, I use my fingers to pick up the page and flip it over to the next page. That was so mean. <laughs> I asked for a strategy. No, but I do. Do you do the exact same thing? Yeah, yeah. But how I, do you need a book reading strategy? No, no. What like, I like isn't it just I always something read you do? Like Twenty five pages a day. So I'm always constantly reading. I think the best part about reading. I feel like we haven't talked seriously for only like half this thing, but the best part about reading is it really just builds a desire for whatever you're doing. And that's why I recommend if there was like your holy Bible book that's not the Bible. Like, The Intelligent Investor is kind of that book for me. Read it once a week after you're done with it, so you're constantly, like, investing. It's Value investing is always on my mind, because I'm always reading it at least once a week. And, but the best That's not part, the only thing that's always on your mind. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not gonna allow unless Ethan allows me to elaborate into I'm the not, story. I, I'll leave. I'll let you tell that story. <laughs> you you can leave names out of it. Like, I guess something that's always on my mind is the kids in Africa who go hungry every day, and how I wish I could just feed every one of them. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Podcast done. <laughs> but is there any other topics you want to talk about? I've I've gone through my list. How long have we been doing this? A while. <laughs> this is our longest podcast ever. It's been the longest podcast. Uh, <laughs> Guess we should end it on an ending note. An ending note? <laughs> yeah, did you? What you need, Noble, I'm going to explain to you how to make a podcast. All right, tell me how to make a podcast. start out with the cool music. The music opens up because I watched Born to Impact, and it's basically this Christian entrepreneur podcast. What? They're like a bunch of little me's talking, and it goes out with... It goes. We can the actually the um, impact podcast. The app I'm using, Anchor, uh, it actually allows you. You can put intro and outro music. Yeah, I'm just too lazy to do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah, because when I first listened to your podcast, we were all at the high school parking lot, and I open up and it just goes, "Is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> that is not how it started." <laughs> <laughs> I just hear a meme, and it starts. Just need some cool podcast music. What I recommend is Michael Jackson has over two hundred. Well, songs. we can't. We can't have Michael. That's copyright. Oh dang. Well, use maybe some of his unreleased songs. I still think that's copyrighted. <sighs> well, just find a song that you like from him and just make it yourself. Sing it. <laughs> just sing all the parts to the music and put it on. I'm there. pretty sure that's still copyright. Like, if you... The notes or whatever. It's not just the song itself. Well, get some of that FBLA music we used. Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, me, Ethan, and another student, uh, we created a FBLA. We completely wasted our time. Yeah, they canceled state and national, so... And I was really disappointed because the best thing about state is you just get a lot of business opportunities to talk about business. Uh-huh. The view, for the viewers that don't know, Ethan, would you like to elaborate what you mean by that? Well, okay, basically they have these little um, conferences. Uh, and they, talk uh-huh. to us, they talk to us how to uh, get an interview. Uh, I did an interview recently. I, I didn't use any of it. I took notes on it. I wouldn't you actually took... Oh, yeah, you yeah, did I take notes the entire time. Yeah, because like if we're paying to go to this that thing, woman, we might as well take notes. The woman that gave it... Uh, the, Oprah. The, Huh? Oh, bro. Gosh. Might have to cut that out. <laughs> no, that's not racist. She just looked like Oprah. Okay. The woman that looked like Oprah, because does she look like Oprah because she's a black woman, Ethan? No, Is that what you're she saying? Like a little bigger face and a little bigger belly. Okay. <laughs> Great. Anyway, this um, woman who gave it, the only piece of advice that I remember is she says, Now, when you go into the interview... This is my... Uh, is that your black woman accent, Noble? <laughs> That's Come how on. she sounded. <laughs> she goes, hold on, let me let me just speak. She goes, ladies, when you're going to... No, I can't do it. She goes, ladies, when you're going to the That's interview... That's how Noble thinks every woman sounds like. He's he's, he's personating what breasts look like by holding <laughs> No, no, this is what out. she does. This is what she does. <laughs> this is what she does. She she went and goes, now ladies, when you're sitting down, you don't want to have the girls out on the table. Yeah, she, she said that. that. And it was like, that was the funniest thing ever. And that was the only thing I took away from no, it. I didn't remember. the crazy guy next. 
he brought a beer to the presentation and go, is he just going to drink while he does his thing? <laughs> and he tells us, he goes, energy is everywhere. That guy told you that milk was bad and you haven't drank milk since. No, bro, because I think I'm sensitive to milk. <laughs> you just made up, you made up lactose I know, intolerance. Whenever I drink milk, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm sensitive. <laughs> Has that even helped you at all? Yeah, I think it's helped me on my entrepreneur journey. <laughs> Not drinking milk. <laughs> that was literally, you're making fun of that guy. He was the only no, reason. No, he, he just good. said. He was a good presenter and I liked his content. He was really good. I remember they kept throwing chips at him while he gave the presentation. Oh, no, they I kept sh- throwing chips across the room. He's basically, he's talking about how unhealthy chips are. Five minutes before, FBLA just gives us a ton of chips. And there had been like 60. Was there 60 or more people in that room? I would, say, I would say probably 100. It, it was, was like 100. It was a big room. It was a ton of people. I was probably the only one paying attention. I know it was the only one paying attention because I'm taking notes. Marshall's next to me and he's trying to steal my notes and, and erase them. He's <laughs> like, Ethan, stop taking notes. Do you remember when we went to that one, our school had a seminar about child abuse? Or it was like how to overcome abuse. What? That was a thing? Yes, it was on a half day. Um, it was like back in October. It was a half day, and we, you took notes. Oh yeah, dude, I love that presentation. What? Yeah, that, girl- that one wasn't really good. It was like if you're abused, just just say no. <laughs> I mean that wasn't it, but it was like it was just something weird. I'm like, it was almost as bad as the. Well, in student leadership, student one of the student councils. There's so many student councils at Carterville. I'm in one of them. I'm not going to be in any of them next year because it was a gigantic waste of time. Yeah. But we had, like, this girl talk about, like, like a horse kicked her or something. What? No, she was, like, some Broadway dancer. She was riding a horse, and she, like, fell off a horse, and her leg was, like, destroyed. And she couldn't dance anymore. She was, like, depressed for forever. And then, like, I don't know if, like, Jesus helped her out or, like, um... Or like the one trainer from Rocky. <laughs> but she ended up dancing again. She showed us her foot. And like the thing in the foot was like the bone right here. No, the viewers <laughs> can't see. The, the ankle it, bone. It's really round. Okay. And it's on the left and the right side. Okay. But on, <laughs> but on the left side of her foot, it looked like someone took a jackhammer and just smacked it. And she was showing oh. everyone. And it was like she had a bunion from grown-ups. And like it like... I'm sounding really mean now. Think about it. This whole podcast has been me describing people. <laughs> no, Ethan's like, a mean person. I'm trying to think. What was the point of me telling this story? You were saying that she was a bad presenter. I'm to think about it. I kind of liked her presentation. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she does this thing where she goes, you need to practice your dream five minutes every day. And... You have to practice as long as that gum is in your mouth. So you chew a piece of gum, practice on your dream, and then you spit it on a, on a, I almost call it a plate, a table. You spit it on a plate, and then you keep the plate. She goes, check out my plate now. She pulls it out. It's just this massive water. Oh, and gosh. And like, get off the stage. <laughs> That's disgusting. Do you think they like healed her through like, the dark knight rises where like the the doctor uh, bane broke batman's back and they put her in like the room <laughs> and he's like i need to fix you to rise i honestly dark knight rises is the one dark knight movie i don't really watch that much like i've probably seen it 
I haven't seen it that much. All right, I watched Batman <laughs> Begins: The Dark Knight a lot. Like I watched The Dark Knight again, yeah, those are... and it just it never gets old. Like when I watch some movie like a hundred times, I'm gonna get bored of it. But that doesn't happen with The Dark Knight. You only just you just love it even more and more. We're, didn't you say we were supposed to go to the sweatshop after this? That's what I was about to say. Eight <laughs> thirty. When does it close? It's twenty four seven. So. Oh sweet. All okay. Right. Um, I guess any closing remarks? Just keep following your dreams. Keep following your dreams. No, but all right. 